should I do with my hands? What should I do with my hands? Welcome to the Fuck the Stigma podcast. What's up? Thanks for having me. I want to preface this episode with people will get offended, maybe. You know, like I, it can make certain people uncomfortable. Could get a lot of hate, but I personally, on this platform and on this podcast, I really want to put everybody's voice and opinion out there. Mm -hmm. And I'll do my best to play devil's advocate and kind of give you the space to speak your truth. Okay. But appreciate but that. But yeah. So that's a good thing I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, yeah, because I feel like everybody deserves to have a voice, right. regardless of who you are. Like, I want this place to be a safe space for people to talk about whatever the fuck they want. No so, I brought Spence on here today because it's first of all Pride Month, and hey, I let's go, let's go, and I want to talk about the stigmas associated with being transgender. So, how do you identify? How do I identify? As a person. <laughs> to me, that's one of those things that's kind of like, a, for me anyway, it's a, a loaded question. You know what I'm saying? I'm still in my journey learning how I really identify myself. I am a trans man or a man of trans experience or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm a human being just like everybody else. And so I kind of want to educate. I want to just pull something up really quick okay. on understanding gender identity okay. in general. So first, transgender is a broad term that can be used to describe people whose gender identity is different from the gender they were, were thought to be when they were born. Trans is often used as a shorthand for transgender. I'm not one of those people who could be like, oh, I was born this way. Da, 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 da. I can't say that for myself i can't say that in my journey of life making this decision was the best for me then and it's working for me now you know what i'm saying i can't say that i've had some experiences growing up with you know what i'm saying with being molested or dealing with like sexual assault and stuff like that so i'm very logical and i'm not one of those people that would discount that as you know having an impact on me and the person i became I know You're saying it did have an impact on you and the person you became? I would say for is for what I've learned with children and the little classes that I've taken on on um on parenting and stuff like that, that if I experienced some type of trauma in my developmental years, it would be impossible for me to say that that didn't have an impact. I know that the person me here today is a sum of all the experiences that I've had up until this point. So everything plays its part. I'm just Saying that to say, I'm not one of those people that say, oh, I was born this way because I don't know. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. That is a very good point. And I'll say this also, this is me. This is my story. I can't speak for no community as a whole. Yeah. Anybody else at large, I can say for me, Spencer, and the way that I think, I can't say how I was born because I don't know. But I know growing up, I've experienced some things that had to have had an impact on me. 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's it's crazy. You see? In a way, I want to believe that you already were born a man. Like, right, 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 right. I'm, I'm not one of those people that'll say that. I can't say that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been, I was molested when I was younger. I'll put that out there and be honest about that. And the only reason why I put that out there, because during those younger developmental years, dealing with something that's of a sexual nature, I cannot say that that didn't have an impact on how I would view myself overall. 
not from a, a sexual orientation aspect, but just from a, a identity aspect. I, I can't deny that that had some type of impact on me. Now, what, to what extent, if that wouldn't happen, would I still be right. where I am now? I don't know. But yeah. for my story, I can't say that that didn't have an impact because it impacted me emotionally. And you know what I'm saying? Going on this healing journey, I know that all those little things were things that I had to learn from and grow from. So I can't say that I was, oh, I was changing genders from birth. I don't deal with all that. You know, for me, I look good with a motherfucking mustache, and that's what I'm rocking with. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm comfortable in the the body that I'm in now and and how it looks. Mm -hmm. And I feel better about myself now than before when I didn't identify as a man. I feel more right. Sometimes, sometimes you will see. I personally had a friend growing up who is now identifying as a woman, but when I when I met her. You know, it was, it was a little period as a little boy. Mm -hmm. And just there was a lot of flamboyancy and femininity. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where did where did this kid learn it from? Like, or was it just innate in her to like be more feminine and like want to kind of be a woman? You know, so it's really tricky is if like we're born that way or things kind of... Another thing is like, are we born gay? Like, mm -hmm. was I born gay? Or did things happen to where it made me gay? Or are we all gay and... <laughs> Where <laughs> are we all gay and only some of us choose to accept it right. or ever realize? So very tricky. I don't know if there, I'm sure there's a study on it somewhere. No question. See, the, the only reason why for me personally, I don't get that deep in the weeds because it's, it's nuanced. You know what I'm saying? That conversation is very nuanced. You have what does to that take mean? It, it means it's, it's, you have to be able to break down the little minutiae of everybody's individual experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like with your friend you was talking about, that person might've been a feminine. But, and, but I don't know that person, so I can't speak to how they was raised, what environments they was in. Did they have a man in the house? And all that other stuff that can impact childhood development. All of that has to be taken into account. Yeah. So whether or not a person is born gay, I've seen the little studies where they talked about they might be able to find a gene and all of that other shit. <laughs> Yes, yeah. in the I've heard somebody told me like it's proven like in the womb like they have a different right, part. Of right. I mean, until you get that that extra chromosome, everybody's born female anyway. So mm -hmm. I don't for the way that I live my life, I don't break it down that deep. I just know for me myself, my experiences and my journey through my healing process and getting to the point that I'm at at today, how I was born doesn't affect me as much as. What am I doing right now to make sure that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I'm on the right path? That you are true to who you are. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So what has, what what did that kind of look like? When did you start struggling with gender identity? When did you start noticing it? I didn't start uh, transitioning until later on in life. Like around what age? I actually started taking uh, testosterone about six years ago. I started dating, before I lived as a lesbian, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, I started dating chicks when I was, had my first girlfriend at 14, 15-ish or something mm -hmm. like that. My experience was kind of different because I've always been uh, um, like a tomboy and that sort of thing. I always played with the boy. It was always and it was, more was That was innate in you to... Yeah, as far back as I can remember. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That, um, it was one of those things where I was, I grew up in a ultra Christian household, like most black people, you know what I'm saying? And I was raised in a church. So being gay or I didn't know anything about any LGBTQ, anything like that. Mm -hmm. All I knew is that I didn't want to do the things that the other girls did. 
you know what I'm saying? And I knew I wanted to play football, you know what I'm saying, when I was younger. But my grandmother wouldn't let me, you know what I'm saying? Because she literally was like, she was not signing them papers because girls supposed to wear dresses and not play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not play boys sports or whatever. The coach to the team was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We'll make sure you straight, everything. And she wasn't happy, you know what I'm saying? But that was... I don't fault her for that because that's the, the time that, you know, she was raised in. I got my first girlfriend when I was in, um, like, ninth grade or something like that. It's, it's kind of funny because how I ended up even looking into, we'll say, my, my sexual orientation was I was in a group home. I was raised in the, um, in the system. I went to my first group home when I was probably about 12, 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm product of my environment. Both my parents was drug addicts. My, um, my grandmother was given guardianship over me. And so once my mom died and I started acting out in school and everything, of course, they put me in a group home. And one of the people in the group home, I guess they saw something in me or whatever and took me to a youth organization that they had in D.C. I'm from Washington, D.C. And it was called Smile. And it was just like a safe space. Above all else, regardless of how you identified, it was just a safe space. And just being around, like, queer people or, you know what I'm saying, people my age that were exploring their identities, it made made me more comfortable to look at who I was. You know what I'm saying? I always knew that I looked at girls differently. And it's funny because growing up, people used to tell me, oh, you're going to be a dyke, you're going to be this when you get Dude, old and stuff like that. And I didn't know what that was back then. You know what I'm saying? I was raised in a church. I had no idea. That's... I just knew that the way that they were saying it, it was a, a very accusatory tone. So I knew I didn't want to be that. I was like, I'm not being no fucking dyke, fuck that. Till I yeah. found out what it meant, they, it was like, they oh, used shit. it in a bad, a negative way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I found out they meant I'm a like pussy, and it was like, huh, checks out. <laughs> checks out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had this the same thing happen to me. Like mm. elementary school kids are telling me, like, yeah, you're gonna, mm. you're the man in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> that also, that word and that like phrase pisses me off in mm. general. Especially with no, yeah, in gay relationships, it's like, oh, who's the man or the woman in the relationship? Like, what does that mean? Like, we're both. Well, I think too, you got to look at. I think that's more because of the the way that our society is structured. How are you having sex if it's not a man and a woman? It's hard for them to envision yeah, well, another way. Just that, not even just that, but just like the the stereotypical positions that people play. Yeah. Like the man is supposed to do X, Y, Z. The woman is supposed to do this, this, and this. And it was kind of crazy because being raised by my grandmother, you know what I'm saying, in that kind of household, I don't know where I got. I had very patriarchal ideas, even in my relationships, when I identified as a lesbian and I deal with women. It was like, all right, cool, I pay the bills, I do this, but here's the expectation of you. Now, it's a fucked up way of thinking about it. I don't know where I got that at, but I know I've always... Just been masculine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was around what age you said? Like 15, 14, 15. 14, 15. And I identified as a um, a lesbian up until I, uh, I started, I found out about, I think I was online on YouTube or something, and uh, somebody's story ended up uh, coming across, and I was like, hmm, what's this? Yeah. And I started looking into it, and it was like, for me, it just clicked, because I always had this thing where, in my relationships, I had this... One um, young lady, I ain't going to say her name, but I used to date. She knows she is. Who um, I used to be like, yo, tell me I'm your boyfriend and shit like that. And she'd be like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'd be like, come on, man. Why just, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why, but it was a part of me that was obsessed with being able to have that role. And just being like girlfriend and girlfriend didn't really hit me where I, I you know what I'm saying, kind of like 
hit me in the soft spot. I yeah, it didn't, it didn't yeah. sound like you, you didn't like that label that worked. And I never felt like, because like, I, I've met, of course, no other, like, we call them, uh, like, doms, lesbians and stuff like that. And I never saw myself really fit in that mold, but I had no other alternative. So I identified with what I knew, you know? So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so this fits until it didn't. You know, some of the people's concerns against transgender people and like the drag, remember that whole drag show thing where like they, they're banding it in states? Yeah. yeah. Drag queen's been around since the beginning of time and now all of a sudden it's a problem? Yeah. Hey, pe- people are scared going. of drag queens and such impressing upon their children. You know how you came across, oh, this is what being transgender, like what being transgender is. They're scared of their kids seeing that and wanting to like transition or something. I think that's their point. And I think the fog- difference with that, though, is that that was something that I identified with. Mm-hmm. So with being drag queens, it's like if it don't, if it doesn't fit you, if it's not something in you that's curious about that sort of thing, it's going to be like, oh, okay, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be an awareness. But just because you're exposed to something, I think, hold on real quick, to touch back on the other point, what trips me out about that is, is with all the the crazy shit that's happening in society, like with all the the negative ideologies and shit like that the children are exposed to, that's the one that's the most concerning. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> The fucking gun culture in this, the gun culture in the United States is ridiculous. We got more guns than people. That's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That is okay because it's, it's hyper-masculinized. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and at the end of the day, if you are a, a loving and attentive parent, you're going to be aware of what your kid is around. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody trying to turn nobody's kids into no fucking drag queens. That's stupid. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I have sisters and once i told them about me transitioning they didn't say oh shit i'm gonna do it too like <laughs> that's it's stupid it's like come on man people think logic use fucking logic it makes no sense i don't know how to counteract that i really don't because I, I think you have a valid point <laughs> i mean it is it's so much like it's kind of like even when you look at say um like for instance like with the me too movement it was like, oh, now you can't even look at a girl or, you know what I mean? You don't get charges pressed up against you. It was like, no, as a society, once different ideas are introduced, it's almost like a pendulum. Yes, the pendulum might spring too far in one direction, but eventually it settles down in a, in a, in a happy medium. But if all this time drag queens haven't been a problem, why right now today is it like keep the kids away from them? You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, the difference is, is it's a lot of drag queens that don't identify as transgender. They're not trying to be women. They're performers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They like getting on stage. It's nothing. It's impersonation. You know what I'm saying? It's like just being a female impersonator. Because the from my experience and even for myself, most like actual trans women, ain't nobody trying to stand out. Motherfuckers is trying to blend in as much as possible. Like, and I understand that for me, like, that whole male privilege shit is real. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like once I started transitioning, like, I couldn't, man, listen. I was in the mirror looking for the motherfucking facial hair. I was waiting because it was something that that is associated with masculinity. So I, I wanted that. And once my facial hair started growing, the conversations I was even invited into changed. Like, really? a lot of times with, like, with the whole bathroom debate that they people have been having. They'll say that for trans women, and most trans women don't want to stand out. Ain't nobody trying to be seen. You want to blend in with the gender that you identify with as much as possible. Like, so 
a motherfucker gonna look real, real sideways if I come walking up in the women's bathroom. They gonna look at me like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? Imagine if somebody told you to go to the women's bathroom. It's not like anybody in that restroom is gonna feel any more comfortable. Exactly, because they don't know what's what my anatomy is. They yeah. don't know, you know what I'm saying? And I guess it's a testament to the power of testosterone because once I start taking that shit, like my changes happen almost immediately but the crazy part about it is the only thing that really changes i grew facial hair and my voice got a little teeny more raspy but outside of that i've always been me you know what i'm saying it's, it's harder going the opposite way going from female to uh, going from male to female i'm sorry 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. it's harder to pass mm-hmm Yep. Because men have like when you're born a man, like you have very prominent like jaw. Um, That's you can very be you're really tall and yeah, like yep. all these things. Exactly. So I do. I I was actually just talking about this the other day. Like it is easier for somebody to go from female to male. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then that puts me in a position where it was like, see, it's one of those things where because not too much about me has changed other than like growing facial hair is like do i then have a responsibility to the greater community to use this fucking inherited fucking passed down male privilege to actually like take a stance for like trans women and shit like that i don't know because for a minute i uh i just enjoy what they call it stealth you know what I'm saying? Like, man, yeah this, this is you actually coming out of that because yeah. you were no question you were struggling with no people knowing and i no i kind of get that in terms of like i just want everybody to see me as a man because that's how i feel but in a way it is it you're not owning your truth if mm-hmm. when i moved to california from dc you know what i'm saying i was union employee local 26 shout out for the past 10 years everybody knew me as how i was before and so i had to almost realize and and accept the people around me in a whole new level because I wasn't just changing. People's view of me was changing. You know what I'm saying? I had my coworkers that was like, yeah, I'm gonna call you this or I'm gonna use your old name. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, it was a lot. And that put me in a position of of kind of like, even though I didn't change, even though the person I was didn't change, I just got more masculine feature, mm-hmm. maybe my pronouns changed or whatever. It was still one of those things where I had to have a little bit of, compassion for the people around me but to a certain extent because at the end of the day i'm living this life you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm walking in these shoes i have to deal with whatever might you know what i'm saying come along with it so when i came to california nobody knew me from before here mm-hmm. so i got an opportunity to just be just one of the guys and that was in a uh it was an amazing experience until it wasn't because at the end of the day i'm not one of those people that be like oh you know what I'm saying? Like, man, this, man, that. No, I take my clothes off every night. You know what I'm saying? I know what anatomy that I have. I know what my body looks like. So because of how my brain works, I can't just be like, oh, I'm not, I wasn't born a male. You know what I'm saying? And I know that. And that's why I had to get to the point where I started acknowledging the the trans part of me. It's not all of me. It's just a portion of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's why I kind of identify with the the man of trans experience thing you know what i'm saying i'm just a different variety of man being born a male is one thing i learned because you got a whole bunch of males that ain't men you know what i'm saying they they, they whack you know what i'm saying and so because that's how i was raised in my environment like a man has to live up to certain type of ideals it kind of changed my perspective on that because i have to accept that part of me 
I just didn't want nobody else to know that shit. You know what I'm right. saying? Because I, I, I've been invited in conversations now where the way that, you know what I'm saying, without giving the game away, the way that some guys talk about like females and, and mm-hmm. other genders and stuff like that when it's just guys around is completely different. It can be very obnoxious, honestly. Oh, be a part of those conversations. A part of me was like, "Holy shit!" Like, <laughs> That's so ew. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but initially, that was a part of the benefit because that meant I belonged. You know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. meant that I was accepted. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That nobody knew me any different, and that was okay up until the point where it's like, how much of my own story am I denying by living like that? Yes, you know, it's almost like you're ashamed of it. Ashamed of it in a way, if you don't talk I mean, about it. I mean, to a certain extent, I ain't gonna hold you. I was, I was like, people think that oh, this all oh, this the new fad and all that other shit. Like, don't nobody want to have to deal with the shit that comes along with it? Yeah, it's hard. You know I've I've seen it firsthand. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like it's, it's not an easy process. Even all, coming to terms with all. being trans, it's like that's hard on its own. Bro, living, growing up. Growing up as a in a, a Christian Baptist household, especially with a black grandmother, the way that I was, it took a lot for me to even accept liking women. Ooh. I literally had Ooh. a conversation with myself where I was like, bro, the the lady the young lady I was dealing with at the time, I'm like fifteen, she was a little older. And it was like she was like 17, 18, we went to school together. And it was like, I love this girl. Like I genuinely I feel something for this girl every time I'm around her. I've never felt like this before. I literally had to accept that I was going to go to hell. That's where my mind was at. I'm going to hell, but I'm getting some pussy. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what, that's what it was because of all the religious doctrine that had been instilled in me growing up. You know what I'm saying? So once I came to terms with that, it's like at the end of the day, my perception of, of like uh, religion and all that stuff has progressed. You know what I'm saying? And... I know now that I feel like now my relationship with my God is my relationship with my God. And at the end of the day, if what the Bible says is true and I'm going to stand before God in judgment after my time in this fucking dimension is over with, only God is going to be able to judge me. So I don't give a fuck what nobody say now. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't going to do the time in hell with me if I get sent. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I, I I would hope that as loving and compassionate as God is supposed to be, that my God is, we talk about with the program, having a God of your own understanding. I would just hope that the good that I attempted to do outweighs me cutting my titties off. <laughs> I like that. I actually like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I hope that I've put enough, not, not even, not just like good karma. Because at the end of the day, I'm one of those people that, believe that like the epitome of, of expressing like God is love. You know what I'm saying? And yes. I'm loving and compassionate towards all people, regardless of how they present themselves. I will hope that that would at least get me a little bit of favor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't gonna be like, oh, you cut your titties off, go to hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Judgment Day is a um, interesting topic. Yeah. Do you believe in Judgment Day? I think the thing with that is... Looking at that, I will have to ex- examine what my belief systems are. Yeah. And I know that for me, being raised in a Christian household, I had certain beliefs in me that, that were instilled in me. Like, I didn't 
choose to go to church. I didn't choose to identify as a Christian. I didn't choose to get baptized and stuff like that. That was stuff that, that was my grandmother, you know what I'm saying, practicing her faith that she believed in. And as a result, she wanted me to believe in it as well. As I've gotten older, I think, especially like dealing with like addiction and recovery, you know what I'm saying, being raised, uh, having parents who were drug addicts and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff kind of, those beliefs butted up against what I was going through in the, on a personal level, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, you know, being younger and not understanding, it was like almost a tendency to want to blame God. You know what I'm saying? Like we all go through that phase of but why God. he let this happen to me and you know what I'm saying? All that other stuff. Yeah, that like why did I get, why were these cards dealt to me? Right, exactly. And so... I think I got to a place where I was okay with going to hell and being a lesbian. I had got to that point where I was okay with that. Me separating. Because it meant being true to yourself in this life. Right. And and me separate. Yeah, because the whole living for what's going to happen after I die, it's like, bro, I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, can I have some fun right now? <laughs> type shit. But the separation from the religion didn't really have anything to do with my sexual orientation at the time. It was more so dealing with alcoholism and shit like that, dealing with the trauma that I experienced growing up and now is is resurfacing over and over. Cause you know, with trauma, when you repress it, it's still there. So eventually it's gonna bubble up to the surface. And that's where I think my alcoholism took off because it was like, now I need something to, to weigh that down. The sexual uh, orientation was the, the least of my worries. When it came to my relationship with the Christian religion, the Baptist religion and stuff like that, that was really the least of it. It was more dealing with the emotional impact of the things and how how this God that I was taught of the Bible would allow all the shit that was happening, not just to me, but you look at life in general, all the crazy motherfuckers that's out here, all the crazy shit that's happening. It's like, why would a God allow that to happen? As I've gotten older, though, I've learned to make that separation between what bad people do and what my higher power does. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I've learned going through the recovery process. Going through recovery has helped heal my relationship. Like, because even back in the day, even when I was drinking and all that shit, I still would go to church. Even when I was living as a lesbian, I still would go to church. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's um like in D.C., it's more gay, inclusive churches and stuff like that. So I still would go to church. Religion has always been uh, a part of my life. Isn't That's that crazy that there's some inclu gay, inclusive churches? Mm -hmm. I mean, well, gay people love Jesus, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It becomes, a, it becomes a battle because... Everybody says, oh, that's against what the Bible says, and da-da-da-da-da. But if you e examine the complete ideology of people who had those beliefs, how are they really living? You know what I'm saying? The, the Bible has been used to justify some crazy shit throughout history. So me liking pussy cannot be the worst of it. You know what I'm saying? That cannot be, like, the one thing. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna send me to hell. Everybody going. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, yeah, okay. But I think that the example that Jesus really set is the main thing is loving your neighbor as yourself. And if I've done that, outside of whether the transitioning or living my life how I'm living is right or wrong. I think the God that knows me and knows my heart is going to judge me accordingly. I feel you on that one, dude. I want to go back to the, the gender identity. Look, this, so I said the, the definition of transgender 
the definition of gender identity. Personally, I think gender identity is weird. Like, I think it's it's crazy that we have clothes for a man and clothes for a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's just a, it's really just like a concept, mm-hmm. in my opinion, like a human-made concept. Um, but look, this is a definition. Gender identity is your internal knowledge of your gender. For example, your knowledge that you're a man, a woman, or another gender. Gender expression is how a person presents their gender on the outside. That might include behavior, clothing, hairstyle, voice, body characteristics. Everyone has gender identity, including cisgender. Cisgender is somebody like if you're born a man, you identify as a man, you're cisgender. So I'm a cis woman, you know what I mean? Because I identify as a woman and I was born a woman. One may same and the other may change. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. For me, it's not that deep. I think that a lot of the things you're talking about is a part of it is try to make it make sense from an academic standpoint. Just so you have the correct terminologies and all that other shit. So if you talk about it in a textbook, you can be able to say, okay, when it comes down to regular, just everyday person to person, human to human, I identify as a man. I look like a man. I present myself. I use the men's bathroom. I don't put all that pressure on myself to fit into all of these boxes. These boxes. supposed to be. I'm understanding that it's, it's... probably no part of life that's not on the spectrum. And I'm not talking about just like the therapeutic or the the fucking science way like spectrum, but like nothing is, is black and white. Black and white. It, yeah, there's life, life is lived in the gray. hundred percent. I agree. I do have a hard time with that though, not putting things in a box mm-hmm. because my ego wants everything in a box. Exactly. And most people most people exactly. are do that. Want things in a box. Like I struggled with my sexual orientation, like the 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 label for it for a long time because I want to put my sexuality in a box. Mm-hmm. Even though to me, to this day, my sexuality does not make sense to me. I think it's is part of the human condition to to crave definition. You know what I'm saying? I wanna know so that I can say that I, I understand it. And if I understand it then in turn I can give it to you in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't even think as people like if you believe in the whole globe thing, like we uh fucking millions of people want a ball floating in the middle of nowhere. Make that shit make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like certain stuff I think we put we put all this pressure on ourselves. We're we're trying to make things fit in our own personal environments and how we relate to other people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I can tell you that I'm specifically a transgender, da, 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 da. It's like, that would make sense from an a external perspective. On an internal perspective, how do I feel about me? You know what I'm saying? What do I feel when I look in the mirror? You know what I'm saying? What have I done in my life to heal? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the stuff that's important to me. You know what I'm saying? Because when the average person see me, they don't know that I'm trans. They just see, oh, that's a... They're probably more nervous than me being a nigga than they is. <laughs> like, look at that nigga. Hold your purse. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. It's crazy because for me, that was one of the things that I had to come to grip with. You know what I'm saying? Living in a society where I went from the most disrespected group, which is black women, to the most feared group, which is black men. Like, I had to, I had to have that conversation with myself. You know what I'm saying? Just being... Black and living in D.C., you get nervous when the police get behind you. Still to this day, when I lived as a lesbian, I did too. It's nothing like the fear I have now identifying as a black man. Nothing like it. Like, I'm talking about literally heart pumping, hands get sweaty, and I ain't got to be doing shit wrong. 
that was one of the things that was the most challenging aspect of it. People, I would think that being born female, that I'm supposed to just know certain shit about women. I was fucking clueless. I didn't know. It wasn't until I actually got to see the perspective of black women from the outside that I started being like, oh shit. Like, mm. this shit is real. Because when you're in the mix of it, you don't know no different. When you actually on the outside of it and you look in there, you're like, oh, this is some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it that changed my perspective more than anything else. Damn. Yeah. Like, I had a little situation where the police got involved. Before, you know what I'm saying? This was back when I was at home before I came out here. And in that situation with that young lady, the main driver for how I responded was the police come, they could kill my black ass. Like, I literally was like, chill out, don't trip. She was upset, you know what I'm saying? It was going through something at the time, and it was like, how I responded to this situation could mean life or death, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't gonna hold you. When I was living as a lesbian, bitch, we fighting. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that dumb shit. But my perspective on it had to change because now the way that people perceive me is differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to... I had to look at the people around me from a whole new perspective. Have you faced any like stigmas with people or like discrimination with people knowing that you're a trans man like today? And here in California, no, because ain't nobody know. Don't tell nobody shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to deal with that because nobody knew. Now, how that would change going forward, I'm, I'm not sure. But I've gotten to a place where I'm less concerned about it because at the end of the day, as long as... I treat people with respect and I can see the humanity in them and I'm compassionate for them and wherever they're coming from. Because everybody, every person that you meet is dragging their own little bag of bullshit along with them. You know what I'm saying? And when I started understanding that and being able to just, like, look for the God in people. You know what I'm saying? Even whether it's that bum on the corner or it's that raggedy-ass politician that's fucking the country up. All of us have a piece of God in us. And when I acknowledge that, then the pressure to be a certain type of way or to get accepted from everybody else is not as strong. So I don't know what I'll face. I know that I faced a lot more before I started transition, especially in that period before I left home when I was, hey, can you, this is my name now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? These are my pronouns and all that other shit. And people put a whole bunch of bullshit on the, the, the pronoun thing, but it's like at the end of the day, you see me, you see a full beard. What the fuck would you call me she for? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And if you respect me and you just going to be a decent human being, you will respect that this is my name and these are my pronouns. I deal with more shit with that than anything else. There is a lot of shit on pronouns nowadays. Oh, my God. Honestly, like, <laughs> they came out with another one. <laughs> I mean, I think it existed, but I just was just made aware of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's she, her, he, him, they, them, and there's one with an X. And I don't know what that means. And I'm scared of it. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> I don't want to be like the asshole of the community but it's like bruh just listen stop <laughs> stop no like really what does that one what could it mean Why? well I understand trying to be all inclusive and all that other shit but I I'm still it's shit about the whole LBGTQ community that I don't even understand you know what I'm saying <laughs> like the whole, like, even with the whole non-binary thing, I don't fully understand it. But what I'll do is, is I'll respect another person and however they choose to be identified. Or oh, and if I can't remember, just tell me your name. I call you your name. We keep it real simple. I had a motherfucker call me it for a minute. 
when I was <laughs> when I was uh before I got out here, right when I was in that, you know what I mean? These are my pronouns, this is my name, and it was like, yeah, it, it, it. And it didn't offend me. It didn't bother me because it's like you're trying. That you're trying. That eventually well that and that's where that's where understanding and having compassion for other people. Because everybody has their own belief system. You know what I'm saying? And it's like your life is based on what your perspective is. And so when I started my transition at home before I got here, it was like everybody in my life was accustomed to me being having this name, presenting this way and using these pronouns. So now that I'm coming and changing that, I can't get mad at a motherfucker if it take them a little while. Because what I'm doing, especially if it's a person that's like super Christian or whatever, like some people I knew were, I have to respect that it might take them a minute. And the things that I'm asking them to do might be against whatever their belief system is. So if you're calling me it, that means that you might not be at he yet, but you're not calling me she. If you wanted to be disrespectful, you would just she, 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 she. When you saying it, you're at least trying. You're trying. And to me, that's better than, oh, my pronoun, rah, 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 rah. Like, that's not necessary because eventually you can get to it, you can get to he. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the more it is a stepping get, stone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to bash you for not being perfect every time. I'm going to appreciate you for you at least challenging what your own belief systems is to make space for me. And what more could I ask for? What kind of, what made you want to do this? What made you, I remember I kind of, I was like, hey, Pride, why want to come on the podcast? <laughs> I, I know I did a little nudge, no force, but um, what kind of made you come to this realization that I do want to come on the podcast and let the community know this part about me? Part of it was that was the whole because we're in the same you know recovery community a lot of people in the community watch these and this is an opportunity to just kind of like have my own little bootleg little coming out party <laughs> <Bootleg>. <laughs> you know what i'm saying but also like the whole it's kind of cliche but representation matters you know what i'm saying it's like i, I feel like all the things that i've experienced up until this point, whether it is coming from a broken home, being in a group home. I aged out of the system when I turned 21. I was in group homes up until the point where I went to independent living. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with sexual assault, dealing with molestation. All of those things that I've experienced up until this point, they don't have to define me, but they are a part of my story. And me being willing to tell my story gives other people permission to tell theirs. And I think that that's important because if I hadn't have met that person, I was in the um, Sasha Bruce group home. That's where I was at when I first got took in the smile. That person didn't be like, oh, you gay, you this, this, that. They just took me to an environment and said, how comfortable do you feel? You know what I'm saying? You get to make that decision. And because of that, I'm now in a place where if my experience can help somebody out, then it's not for nothing. Because if not, I would spend so much time drinking to my trauma and denying my trauma and repressing my trauma. And now the only way that I can heal from it fully is if I embrace it and not allow it to define me. And that's telling my story on my terms. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, I've been through a lot of shit. Transitioning is only a little portion of it. Mm. It's only the past six years of it. 
You know what I'm saying? I have a, a whole life full of things that I've experienced. And if this does nothing, then other than gives that other person permission to say, you know what, I'm okay with me, then I feel like I've, I've served the purpose. Hell yeah. You've changed, dude. I remember when I first met you, it was... I was crazy, motherfucker. You were. <laughs> you were really... Shit, yeah, man. Listen. You was, have the... You're so well-spoken today, and you own your truth. That's and you're like not you're saying, uh, I'm the articulate Negro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> He's like, you're just a well-spoken black. <laughs> you're a well-spoken black man. <laughs> no. But you, no, like, it was really hard for you to... Healing. Heal, I, I, I'm telling you, I blame that all on healing. Like, coming here and actually, like, starting the recovery process, like, that has been fucking foundational for me getting to where I'm at. I had to... A, get sober first. You know what I'm saying? I had to stop drinking. And then that put me in a position where, by the grace of God, I ended up at Malibu. You know what I'm saying? Around people who was willing to be patient with me and give me the space that I needed to to start my healing process, therapy. I've done a lot of therapy. I've done couch work. I've done EMDR. Like, my therapist at Stairways was fucking amazing. Like, all of those are things that I've done intentionally just to heal from my trauma. And because I took those steps and I was intentional with it, mixed with the recovery process and doing step work and getting to know who I am and learning what my character defects are, that has given me a, a opportunity to grow on an emotional level. Because you know they say when you, start, when you start drinking, you stop growing. I wasn't mature. And I started drinking when I was 14 years old. You know what I'm saying? And I smoked a lot of PCP, you know? <laughs> <laughs> popped a lot of E-pills, that type of shit. Growing up in D.C., you know what I'm saying? is what we did. But all of that stuff made it so that I wasn't able to approach life not only from a mature perspective, but from a, a understanding that all of the things that I've, I've gone through, I've experienced them. And as a result of repressing them, I have to be intentional about getting that shit up and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all type of books that's written about how your body stores and holds on to trauma. And so now that I understand that even though I've experienced some things in the past, I don't have to take that and put that in front of me now. But what I do have to do is be willing to get that shit up and off my spirit. It's, it's been there because I was taught to repress. You ain't supposed to feel like that. You ain't supposed to cry, deal, suck it up, deal with it and all that. It happened in the past. Let it go. No. Mm. You have to be intentional with your healing. And that's what I've done up until this point. Am I completely healed? No. Am I a thousand times better than I was two years ago? Absolutely. I love it. No, yeah. it's it's been an honor to see you fucking grow and thrive and be uncomfortable and, and learn and yeah. flourish yeah. from it. Question. And I know for where I want to be and where I'm at, I'm just scratching the surface. But I know I wouldn't be able to get anywhere had I not done this. You know what I'm saying? Had I not been willing to go somewhere and talk about how I felt. You know what I'm saying? Had I not been willing to go and have those uncomfortable conversations, you know what I'm saying? And and look in the mirror and actually say, yes, I experienced that. You know what I'm saying? That's not who I am. It's just one thing that I went through. But now I have the ability to get, get past it. You know what I mean? I can grow past it. I can learn to, you know what I'm saying, just love myself unconditionally. And that's including everything I experienced. I wouldn't change 
anything that happened to me in the past. In order for me to love myself today and be okay and happy with where I am, I know it took every single thing to get me to this point. And if one hair was out of place, who's to say that I would even still be here? Mm. When I was drinking, I was on the fucking slow road to death. You know what I'm saying? On the outside, everything looked good. I had a house, I had a union job. You know what I'm saying? I had my own whip. Everything on paper looked good. Internally, emotionally, spiritually, I was dying. You know what I'm saying? I was ready to kill myself. But I got to a point where it was like, when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the the pain of change, then you'll do something about it. And, and I did. Because <laughs> my shit was either, I'm going to eat this fucking bullet, or I'm going to get some help. And that's what I did. And I had to be open-minded about what form the help came in. You know what I'm saying? I had to be willing to take whatever. You know what I'm saying? God didn't allow me to make it through all the things that I've experienced just to get to this point and be like, no, I don't want to do it. No. I had to be like, all right, let's go. And that's what I've done. You know, I haven't done it amazingly. I'm not perfect at it, but I've tried. You know what I'm saying? I did. I've done my step work to the best of my ability. I've done therapy to the best of my ability. I've done the couch work to the best of my ability. I've been open and honest about the things I've experienced. And we'll see where I go from here. Oh yeah. Anything else you want to put out there? A message of hope or I don't fucking know. Any last words? Do the work to heal. You know what I'm saying? I would encourage everybody to do that. It might seem like it's going to be difficult, but you got to face them demons to beat them. That's the most important part. Don't let nobody else define who you are. You know what I'm saying? I've gotten to a place where my creator knows my heart. I just try to be the best person that I could be to the people around me. You know what I'm saying? I try to be as helpful, as loving, as compassionate, and understanding. And I will hope that the God that created this entire universe gives me some of that too. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Spencer. Of course, course, anytime. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. I like your little setup or whatever. Yeah, the setup. (laughs) It's pretty cool. And I appreciate um, appreciate what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is is real dope. You know what I mean? Especially with just the the name of it. It's like a lot of times as people, we can allow those stigmas to define how we see ourselves. And being able to just say fuck them is like, it's so freeing. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's, It's a freedom that comes along with that. Some people never get the opportunity to see, you know what I'm saying? Especially like with the laws and shit they're making in other countries with fucking getting fucking murdered if you like butt sex and nobody got time for that shit. Like, why? Murdered <laughs> if you like butt sex. What is it, fucking Uganda? Somewhere in Africa where they wild That's and out nuts. Yeah. Honestly, the fact yeah. that they're like murder is the answer to your homosexuality is Right, crazy. like that is insane. And at the end of the day... All these people that keep screaming about Jesus, how about you be like them before you start judging other people? You know? Yeah.